0: It is Tuesday, September nineteenth. We are fresh off of College Football Week three, getting ready for College Football Week four, and my goodness, this is one of the more exciting slates of the year. So many good games coming up. We have pretty much every conference hitting conference play. We also have some exciting out of conference matchups as well. So uh, don't be overlooked. If you guys are new to Statletics, you know what we like to do is just go over some of the biggest games of college football uh, in the week ahead and give our takes on who we think is going to win, where we can find some betting edges and whatnot. So uh, nothing crazy here. We just like to have fun. Um, So before we dive in, Seth, how are we doing?
1: Uh, We're doing great. Uh, This is finally we are finally getting to the point of college football where right before conference play kicks off. um, It's been a while since I remember seeing a slate this stacked other than maybe getting into you know late conference play where we have all the big names playing each other, I'm excited. Uh, this is, I mean, the first three weeks have been great, but this is the one where we really get to see some of these teams and what they're really made of.
0: Yeah, I mean, totally agree. This one is crazy. Like, I was struggling to find enough time to pack all of these crazy games into one. So again, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through some of the biggest, bigger games of the week, uh, give our favorite picks, why, give some sort of educated. Uh, breakdown on that as well. And maybe also give you a few sleeper picks as well that we like personally on our books. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and then give your favorite picks as well. We love scanning those comments, seeing what everybody's got cooked up on the books. Uh, we do track picks under my account on uh, under Harrison Eller at Action Network. So fully transparent on the picks that we make. We do both college football and NFL. We also have an app coming out. So if you want to check out the beta version of it. It has both college football and NFL data in that as well. It's in the comments. Check it out. All right. Week one or week four, excuse me. Mm It's all over the place. Florida State goes to Clemson. First time that Clemson has been a home dog in the Dabo Sweeney era. They're two and a half point dogs at their place. Florida State looks great. Barring the... Weird mishap at Boston College last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they actually were going to lose, but they came out and they spanked LSU. They've looked good up into the um, Boston College game last week. Clemson struggled. They lost against Duke. They, you know, do not look so good. Um, it seems like there's a power struggle on the offensive side of the ball with Garrett Riley and Dabo right now. Uh, Dabo presumably saying that this is Clemson offense. We brought Garrett Riley in to run Clemson's offense. Uh, I think that's a big mistake. I think Garrett Riley needs to be freed. But a hey, big game this week nonetheless. ACC marquee matchup. Clemson, 17% of the bets are on Clemson. Only 7% of the money is on Clemson. Subsequently, huh. that means 83% of the bets are on Florida State. 93% of the money is on Florida State. Uh, huge, huge lopsided uh, money pit right there. So with that being said, with that information, Seth, mm-hmm. which team do you like this week? Well, London, I mean, Florida State.
1: I was, you know, it's funny, is because you're the numbers guy, and I always feel good about myself until you tell me stuff like that. Um, I was leaning Florida State. I I really like Jordan Travis, um, and I think Norvell needs that big win this year to get his team to the next level. This is a good one, Clemson on the road. You know, we all thought Uga was the problem, but the problem is, is Clemson's offense still hasn't looked good under uh, under Klubnik. This is this game's kind of tearing me up. I, I don't know which way I want to go, and especially since you just told me the money side of it. I was leaning Florida State because I know how much this would mean to them and Norvell, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even give you an official pick. I, I don't know which way I'm leaning yet. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I have to come out and say this. Earlier in the year, I took Clemson to beat Duke. And cover outright. So I got burnt badly on that pick and it's left a bad taste in my mouth by Dabo and the boys at Clemson. Um, but you know, I was high on this Clemson team for a reason, and unfortunately, I'm gonna stick with my big guns there. I think Clemson actually takes one at home. I think they may be a little bit more motivated. I'm hoping that Dabo lets Garrett Riley do his thing because I I just don't think the Clemson offense that he's talking about is gonna work unless he, you know. Unleashes Garrett Riley uh the Seminoles defense looks amazing. um that's going to be the biggest struggle, but I think that advantage to Clemson being at home here, I think that's big time uh Clemson, the biggest struggle that they have is their explosiveness rating on offense. everything looks fine. they have really good success rate, they have really good um rushing attack, but their passing explosiveness is really really bottom tier right now. It's one point zero six compared to Florida State's one point five nine and that's just not good because we know what Garrett Riley can do. We saw what he did with Max Duggan and TCU. They were one of the most explosive offensive teams in the country. And Clemson undoubtedly has better talent on the offensive side of the ball than TCU did last year. Not not saying anything bad about TCU. But if Garrett Riley, if, if he is allowed to do and call the plays that he wants to call, I think they absolutely can. Now, all of it hinges on that you know all of it does hinge on that so if there's still some sort of you know power struggle with Dabo wanting to run the Clemson offense then i think Florida State wins handily but i think this is it i think they have nothing to lose at this point considering they already lost to duke i'm taking clemson baby give me give me clemson to cover the spread the projections say clemson wins by 3 trust the model trust the process trust the money let's do it
1: but that's what's exciting. These are the games where we find out what kind of teams these teams really are going to be. I mean, mm-hmm. all of this has just been conjecture up to this point. That's why I'm torn. I can't make a decision. But this this week four right here is going to be in my – I think it's probably going to be one of the best weeks we have all season. I'm, I'm very excited.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the reasons I think it's going to be the best week is the Colorado goes to Oregon. Oh, yeah. Oregon is 21-point home favorites against Deion Sanders – uh, is there any team? No, I, I'm not even gonna ask that. It's just like bait. There is no team more polarizing than Colorado, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, actually, last week, the game against Colorado State was the highest streamed game of ESPN's, whatever, since their yeah. ratings, like ever. So that is the Deion Sanders effect, however. It is a three touchdown favorite here for Oregon. We saw what Dan Lanning said in a press conference the other week about how he, you know, kind of put him off. He's like, who, what has Colorado done in the past, you know, decade? You mm-hmm. know, they haven't done anything crazy, but man, this is a big spread. But Oregon's talent is just greatly outweighs Colorado, especially without Travis Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no official A here, but we had to talk about it here because. Of course. It's the Deion Sanders team. Mm-hmm. What do you think in this game? What do you think happens and why?
1: So I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna be a little bold. I'm gonna say even if Travis Hunter played, I would have I would lean Oregon minus twenty-one. Um obviously we saw Colorado in the first week took down a TCU team that I think we are starting to see is not the TCU team we thought they would be coming into the season. You know, they lost so many crucial pieces to the team last year as well as their offensive coordinator. Um uh, they beat Nebraska. You know, we saw Nebraska. Obviously, is on the same train that they've been on. And that Colorado State game, I think, shined a lot of light on the Colorado team. We can kind of expect. I think they are going to be better than what we maybe thought they could have been. You know, people before the season were well, what was their win total three and a half or something like that coming into yeah. the season. Yeah, they're better than that, obviously, and they're mm-hmm. already at three and zero. But that Colorado State game, and they they probably should have lost. It took a lot of things to go right in the last five minutes of that game for them to even get to overtime and have a chance to win that game. And hands down, I think that was obviously the best game of the season so far, but I think Oregon is going to put a stop to the Sanders train this week.
0: I did too. I did too. I think, uh, I think it's actually not going to be a matter of offense that wins this game. I know both teams have a really, really good offense, but I think Oregon's defense may just be, uh, be a little too good for, this Colorado team, and now I'm not saying anything against Shadur Sanders. I think he is a phenomenal athlete. He is, yeah, he will absolutely succeed at this level and potentially the next level. But considering the pieces that they have right now compared to Oregon's defense, Oregon's defense has is really well put together. Dan Landing is obviously a defensive guy from Georgia. Their rushing success rate is the key here. Oregon is one of the best teams against the run right now in the Pac-12 with a 0.58 rushing success rate allowed. So. I don't think Colorado is going to be able to do anything on the ground. I think they're going to be able to box everything up and then focus on stopping Shadour Sanders and company. So I think that I agree. I think Colorado wins handily. Uh, My model actually has them winning by 28 and looking at the money here, 39% of the bets are on Oregon, but 66% of the money is on Oregon. So majority is on Colorado, but the, Majority of the public is on Colorado, but the majority of the money is on Oregon. That can sometimes be an indication of sharp money laying on a team. So I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna ride with the money here. I'm gonna ride with the projections as well. Nothing official. I'm not really gonna take it. But if I had to choose, I think I'd go Oregon myself. Mm-hmm. All right. I think this was my most. This was the matchup I was most excited about. Ohio State goes to Notre Dame and the line's kind of all over the place a little bit, but the most common one I'm seeing is Ohio State at minus three, minus three and a half on some other big books. But Notre Dame is extreme has it has impressed me um greatly. I think they have made great strides since last year. And the Buckeyes passing game, you know, they struggled at first, but they're finding its groove over the past two games. Marvin Harrison has 12 receptions for 286 yards on three touchdowns after starting the first game with only two catches. Uh, I think this offense is finally clicking after a 63 point win last week, but Notre Dame, man, they can hang, you know, Mm -hmm. the duo between Sam Hartman at QB and Andre at running back. I think they can produce enough to keep up with Ohio state and make it a fun one. So with it being in South bend, do you think Ohio State gets it done or do you think Notre Dame shocks the world?
1: Uh, I'm leaning Notre Dame here. Uh, I think Hartman is obviously one of the top Heisman guys. I, I love watching Hartman play and I ultimately think this is going to be a one possession game where I think Notre Dame can win outright. So if, if you're wanting to, to make a play on this game, I would take the points with Notre Dame because even if they lose, I think it's going to come down to a nail biter and I can, I'm can see notre dame winning this game outright especially being in south bend
0: yeah i mean i, I i've struggled with this one as well this is you know i'm not going to do any sort of like professional pick on this one i will absolutely bet on it because <laughs> i love betting on big games it just makes it more fun of course and you know checking it out a little bit 46 percent of the public tickets are on ohio state 42 percent of the public money is on ohio state so The majority of the money is on Notre Dame. They believe in them. Uh, They really like Notre Dame to keep it close here, especially at home. I think that's the biggest thing is Mm -hmm. being at home for Notre Dame is such a key here. You know, I think this if this was at Ohio State, I would not be shocked if the spread was like minus seven, minus eight Ohio State. But with it being at home in South Bend, I think Alabama or Notre Dame has a great chance to just beat them outright. Mm hmm. With that being said, I'm taking Ohio State to cover three points and win outright. (laughs) I think this team is so much better on the defensive side of the ball. I think they can bottle them up and get it
1: done. There's our first first against each other right there. All right, right, I like it. Somebody's got
0: to do it. Somebody's got to do it. All right. One of my favorite games of the week in terms of just – what the heck's going on? All Miss goes to Alabama. Alabama. Dude, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um I still think they can be an elite team in the SEC, but my goodness, the quarterback issue is bad. Yeah. Really bad. So, kind of recap, they started with Milroe, Milroe play uh in Texas, lost in the game. It felt like um I feel like they could have kept up if they had some money who was able to execute that offense. Uh, As well as Alabama's quarterbacks of the past, that's a hard. Those are hard shoes to fill, though. But they benched him last week in favor of Tyler Buckner. Awful. What was that? South Florida. I mean, you know, I have never seen Alabama like. It's just it blows my mind to see him in this state. But Ole Miss comes to Tuscaloosa with a high-powered offense. Can Lane shock the world and get it done against number 13, Alabama? Can they cover the spread of six and a half? What do you think?
1: No, I don't think they can. Um, I'm going to come out and say it. That was the most abysmal Alabama game I've ever watched in my entire life. I still kind of don't understand why they wouldn't have even tried throwing Milrow back into the conversation, like even in the second half. Um, I mean, that game was 3-3 late into the third quarter. And, you know, even though it was 3-3, you knew Bama was going to win. No matter how close it was down the end, but I I think the the two backups behind Milrow just are not the answer. Um I think Milro's going to get it figured out. I think that they maybe should have stuck with him later in that South Florida game, but they, you know, they didn't even give him a shot. They were just they're really trying to figure out their QB room. I think Milro comes back, I think they take care of business, and I think they can still be the elite team that they want to be, because I think defensively a lot of the parts are still there to be the Alabama that they usually are. Mm -hmm. They figure out the Milro situation. They get him going. I think that they can still be the force that they always are.
0: So I'm going to, this is just something that I've heard. This is a little word on the street, but I've under, it's my understanding that Saban has all did not want to remove Milro from the situation, but he gave Buckner a few of the first team reps at the beginning of the week after the Texas game and Milrow did not handle that in a professional manner. So it is my understanding that this was almost like a suspension for Milrow. You know, not an official one, but kind of like an under the books, like, Hey, you're going to sit unless you get
1: your attitude handled. I mean, that's what makes the most sense from what I saw this past week.
0: Yeah. So don't, you know, don't quote me on that, but I'm just taking it It's what it looks like mm-hmm. and it makes the most sense. And it looks like Milroe had a extreme attitude adjustment because he looked, he looked very supportive.
1: He uh, was, he he was checking on all the quarterbacks. He was talking with his guys. You, he was very engaged with the game and he, he had a smile on his face whenever the camera showed him. So I'm sure yeah. if that was the case, hopefully that did help. And maybe that can be what sparks them going forward.
0: Right. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely, you know, think that was the case. So, I think Miller is the best guy for the job right now. I think his you know, ability to run the football gives Alabama an edge, especially against this Ole Miss team that you want to keep the ball out of their hands and control the clock. Um, Alabama's defense is still elite. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's not glaze over that. They still have one of the best success rates against the, the rushing attack in the entire and all of college football. Um, they also are great against the pass. Uh, they can do everything well, you know. I think that this team has the def- has a uh, championship caliber defense. They're just needing an offensive ignition to get there, you know, mm-hmm. get back to usual Alabama form. I'm on Alabama minus six and a half at home here. I think this is a revenge game. I think Saban is like just tired of it. I think he's uh, like everybody or he is like so angry he's going to take it all out on Lane, and who better than Lane Kiffin, a guy that used to just perk him so much on the sidelines. Looking at the numbers, Alabama is actually not in public favor here. 38% of the public tickets are on Alabama, 28% of the public money on Alabama. I'm fading the public here. I'm going Alabama, and in fact, I'm actually waiting to see if this number drives down in favor of Alabama because of how much money is on on Miss. I think and that's what I'm going to do. I think at 6.5 here, looking at the way that the money is shaping out, I think you could drop down to 5.5, um, maybe even 4.5 if we're lucky. So I'm just going to leave that there. I am really excited for that game. Um, less. All right, another big one. Iowa goes to Penn State. Penn State finally may have their chance to take the Big Ten outright. I think that... Penn State, minus 14 at home, could be a really good value because of Iowa's lack of ability to score. But I still really like Iowa's defense. Do you think Iowa keeps it close, or do you think Penn State comes out and improves their dominance?
1: Well, I'm going to take this the other If we're talking in terms of betting, I am just going to straight out that one of my picks that I'm going to give is under 40. Um, this is, this just feels like a typical big 10 defense matchup where the final score could be six to nine. Um, but I do think Penn state's going to score a couple touchdowns. I do think Iowa can keep it within the 14 point range, but I realistically, like the first score that pops in my head, I see is like 24 to 10 Penn state. That's just, that's my gut reaction.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good point. And I don't think, I don't think either one of these teams right now are going to come out you know, slinging it uh, right. Penn state. Maybe they have the ability to, to but I think they want to try and, you know, lean on their rushing game here a bit more. My, uh, my projections actually have the under in this game as well. Um, they have Penn state by 12, but it's such a tough field. You know, I think mm-hmm. one thing's a little weird here is Penn state is not in public favor. 61% of the public tickets on Iowa, 70% of the public money on Iowa. This line opened up a couple of weeks ago at 10 and a half, and it's only been driven up to 14. I would not be shocked if it goes to 14 and a half. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to say 14, but I can't say with any conviction that I believe that I would actually be more inclined to ride the under in this big 10 matchup mm-hmm. with the Hawkeyes and the Lions as well. I love that mm-hmm. take. I think both defenses are really, really elite. I mean, we'll kind of keep this one close. I can see it being like seventeen to thirteen.
1: Absolutely. You know? yeah. So, uh,
0: and with that logic, you know, we all, one thing we always like to talk about is if you think a game is going to go under and there's a large point spread, I always feel like that means it's more probable probabilistically likely that the uh, team that is not favored covers because it's a big spread and there's lower amount of scoring. So, mm-hmm. uh, food for thought there. I agree, but I can't say I'm excited to watch it. No, i never want to, to, to see- cheer
1: for games like that. <laughs>
0: I'm excited to see who wins, but I'm not excited to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, that's a sicko bowl right there. So, all right. One I am excited to watch, UCLA goes to Utah. Utah's five-point home favorites. Uh, this is a top 25 matchup. UCLA is 3-0. and but they haven't played a Power Five opponent yet, and they're starting freshman Dante Moore, quarterback, in a really tough like environment to start in. To be honest, you know Utah has a good home crowd. They're three and zero after three ugly wins, but two of them were Power Five opponents. The mystery remains whether quarterback Cam Rising is ready for a season debut. He's still fighting uh, that knee injury from last year's surgery. If he does play. I'm not sure he'll be hundred percent, but certainly he brings something to the table. Both teams have a lot of questions to answer, plain and simple. But do you think Utah can cover that five point spread or do you think Utah keeps it close?
1: Or uh I UCLA? I would be more inclined to lean Utah here. They have been more battle tested. You know, UCLA's played Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and NC Central. Um the problem is is Utah they had the the nice win over Florida. And they didn't follow up well. They had that scare against Baylor, where they probably could have and should have lost. Um, I, I don't have a good read on either of these teams yet, but if if I were going to lean one way, I would definitely lean Utah because they just have had the games, the more the the experience thus far into the season. It's a tough one though, but if I were going to lean, I would probably lean Utah.
0: I'm gonna go UCLA here. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it at like four and a half if I can, but I think. Looking at the numbers here, sixty percent of the public bets are on Utah. However, only twenty one percent of the money is on Utah. So uh mm. that could be indicative of a little bit of sharp money pouring in on UCLA. Um and if Cam Rising is not playing, then you know, I, I who can be who can be sure about anything really? So right. I'm gonna play on Utah or UCLA here 'cause I really like what Chip Kelly is doing there. I think they have a really good team. Um depending on Dante Moore. We'll see. But I like UCLA. I like the money. Okay. I track with them. <laughs> Seth, do you have any more picks for me? Let me hear
1: it. No, but I have a question. So, Memphis, Missouri, six thirty on Saturday. Missouri's quarterback is questionable to start, and the spread has dropped from it opened at seven and it is down to five and a half. And I want to hear your thoughts on that.
0: You can get it six and a half still from Memphis on some books. Don't, okay, you know, shop your lines. I actually. The last night, the Panthers played the Saints, and I got Panthers plus three and a half, and most people got them on three huh. for the major books. But shop your lines, yeah. the backdoor covers are always happening. But I think Memphis can keep it close. And believe it or not, my projections have Memphis losing by two. Okay. And seven, even accounting for Missouri's starting quarterback. Um, I think it really likes Memphis's offense right now. Uh, they have been more of a high-scoring game than... You know, I would have expected, I think it was like thirty-two to thirty from from what I saw. Okay. But looking at the money, fifty-three percent of the public is on Missouri, but fifty-five percent of the money is on Memphis. So mm. the public money is actually pouring in on Memphis's side, huh. whereas the public in totality is on Missouri. So uh if you're somebody like me who likes to follow that kind of stuff. Uh, this could be indicative of sharp money coming in on Memphis. You know, Missouri, this is this could be a trap game. You know, this is the perfect spot. You know, if I was Memphis, I would want Missouri right where I have them, where they're coming off of a top 16 win, and they just rush the field, whatever, like crazy field goal, which it was crazy, 61-yarder in college. Oh, so yeah, that was of. amazing. But I have them right where I want them. It's a trap game. Missouri's looking ahead to SEC play. Memphis undefeated, they're ready to go. They want to prove their, you know, prove their worth. I think they can do it if Missouri's quarterback is out.
1: Mm, so what you're telling me is you're taking Memphis plus 230?
0: I can't, I can't do that. I don't think I can do that.
1: That's all right, I had to try.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but hey, I, you know, Memphis plus seven, if you can get it, wouldn't be the worst bet ever. Yeah. I also have one that I really like that everybody's going to be like, what? But I think Vandy covers 14 and a half against Kentucky this week. My projections actually have them losing by two. I have just, interesting. it looks like Kentucky is just not there. You know, they have struggled this entire season. I thought they were going to like elevate themselves a little bit because of Devin O'Leary mm-hmm. uh, coming in From the transfer portal and Liam Cohen coming back for offensive coordinator, but to my you know disbelief, Kentucky sucks. Um, (laughs) I'm actually happy about it because you know I'm a Tennessee fan. I hate Kentucky, but it's just shocking in my opinion. But I'm a big believer in Vandy. I think they can get it done this week. They're my my sleeper pick of the week. Okay, Vandy plus fourteen and a half. So I I just had to sneak that in there because of. I just hate Kentucky so much. And I saw that on my projections and I'm like, all right, fine, let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. But that wraps it up for me as we appreciate you listening. We will be back here next week for college football week five. We also have a bunch of NFL content. If you check out our channel. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, follow and all that good stuff. <laughs>